0: Our performance review series flips over to the defensive side of the football and we take a look at Miami's defensive front, the performances from 2023, where Miami can hang their hat and where things may need to change moving forward.
1: You are locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: All right, Miami, welcome to another episode of Locked on Dolphins. It's your team every day here on the Locked on Network. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, a lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, host of Locked on Dolphins, co-host of Locked on NFL Scouting. You can find our shows on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, tip the cap to our everydayers, because it is your team every day. Today's Friday, January 26th, and today's episode of Locked on Dolphins is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 money line bet. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. We are focused on the defensive front. And the entire defensive side of the ball is very suddenly in a little bit of flux because Vic Fangio is obviously no longer the defense coordinator. We did the emergency podcast on Wednesday night when that news came through. What the Dolphins ultimately end up doing with that coaching staff position, whether it's Coach Campanile as an internal hire, Adam Schefter's reported that Brandon Staley will be visiting uh, this weekend as a potential candidate to fill the role externally. And he, of course, uh, with stops in Los Angeles as a head coach for three years uh, and on Sean McVay's staff after working under Vic Fangio for one season. Uh, There's some connections there that would make some sense as well as some other candidates that maybe would be different scheme changes as well. But that's a story for a different day. The good news is whoever's going to come in and be this defensive coordinator is going to look at this defensive line group, and it's going to be clear as day. This is one of the strengths of the team. And that's whether Christian Wilkins is back next year or not. Yeah, there's some injuries that you may have to work your way through the first month of the season. But look at the talent that's available in this group. This was the group that I think of all the performances on both sides or in all three phases of the game. This was the group that had the highest of expectations that I think delivered on exactly what you hoped and thought that they could. Uh, You know there was a player in Christian Wilkins who was playing for a contract. You know there was a player... In Bradley Chubb, who was capable of being more than what he was when he came over from the trade deadline. You had a first-round pick in Christian Wilkins. They paid Zach Seeler. All of these players, uh, you you got about what you were looking for, and then you also had performances from guys like Andrew Van Ginkle that maybe you weren't expecting you were going to get. So the Dolphins finished this season defensively with uh, 72 Quarterback knockdowns, according to Pro Football Reference. That is the highest figure of any team in the NFL tied with the Detroit Lions in the regular season. Their 56 sacks were third in the league behind only the Kansas City Chiefs and the Baltimore Ravens. And that's a franchise record for number of sacks. From an actual pressures perspective, they finished third in the league in, in pressures behind the Detroit Lions and Kansas City Chiefs. Their pressure percentage of 27.7%. So on twenty seven point seven percent of attempts, pressure is is produced is also third in the NFL behind Detroit and Kansas City, in front of the New York Jets, it's Houston Texans, Green Bay Packers, Cleveland Browns, Seattle Seahawks, Buffalo Bills. Some really good defenses. So you give credit where credits due. Uh, I, I cer- certainly think when you foil that with what Miami did from a run defense standpoint as well, uh, from a yards per carry perspective, you know Baltimore lit them up. Yeah. The Chargers in week one lit them up. Yeah. Uh, They were finished tied for fourth in the league in yards per attempt. at 3.8 yards per attempt allowed. Uh, And from a raw yardage perspective there, 1,650 rushing yards conceded was seventh in the NFL behind Chicago, Detroit, San Francisco, New England, Tampa Bay, Houston, and then Miami. Pretty good performances uh, in both a metrics and of pass rush and run defense for a defense that is geared and predicated towards winning in the box, and that starts with these two guys inside. And obviously Raquan Davis is a player that we'll talk about a little bit later in the show. But what you had with Christian Wilkins and what you had with Zach Sealer was one of the defining variables uh, of the strengths of the team, and Christian plays. 894 snaps defensively this season. That's down about 60 from what he did last year, which is just an insane number. I'm sure there, there was probably an appetite to, to have more rotation from this group. You saw Deshaun Hand and Raquan Davis playing some even front type stuff. They're just frankly not the, that kind of player. Uh, Zach Sealer in his first year with the new contract, plays 856 snaps defensively across all 17 games. So these guys were both available. Uh, for both games, they both played about 80% of your snaps. Both of them played 190-plus snaps on special teams as well. Like These, these were pillars of your roster-type players. And they combined for 19.5 sacks or 19 sacks. Christian Wilkins almost doubles his career sack total this season. He got nine. Zach Sealer hits double digits. in a first in-tier guy in Dolphins franchise history hit double-digit sacks. He does double his career sack total in one season. Um, and you contrast that to the gap-control-style c- defense that Miami had played previously under Brian Flores and Josh Boyer. And there's no doubt that that scheme change unlocked the best of those guys. You'd love to keep that group together. We'll see what happens with Christian Wilkins. But what I do know is if you looked at the expectations for those guys and you knew how important they were going to be, and we talked about the lack of depth behind them in August, they played the volume of snaps. They absolutely delivered. They were big time in pass rush elements, and that—that's it's hard to uh, ignore. It's easy to take for granted, but it's hard to ignore. And just kind of fleshing out both of these guys, particularly from a pass rush perspective, I think everybody knew they were good against a run. Zach Sealer's previous high was three and a half. His previous high in quarterback hits was twelve. He had twenty two. Uh, he. Has four passes defense to the line of scrimmage, the fourth fumble, obviously the interception on Will Levis on in prime time. That's returned for a touchdown. Uh, Eleven tackles for a loss, which also ties a career high for for Zach Sealer. Christian Wilkins, uh, his previous high in sacks was four and a half, so he doubled it. His previous high in quarterback hits was thirteen; he got twenty three. So both of these guys like doubled their career high, not just sacks but quarterback hits. So they were f- more frequently around the ball than ever. Uh, Christian Wilkins. Maybe not quite the same activity around the line of scrimmage when he's not getting home. Uh, His passes defense, he only had two. Uh, That's the lowest figure he's had since his rookie season, just to keep uh, the presentation of facts. And his tackles for loss went down six from the previous year. Uh, He had 10 this season, which is the second highest figure he's had in his career. So credit where credit's due to both of these guys, where, where this was a big pain point and stress point, about do we have enough? You are darn right you got enough with salt and pepper inside. And whether or not salt and pepper stays, it's not really up to us at this point in the game. That's up to Miami and Christian Wilkins and his camp to try to find the right compromise in availability. And we'll see if they do. Uh, we're gonna shift gears to the top three edges: Jalen Phillips, Bradley Chubb, and Andrew Van Ginkle of next year on Locked on Dolphins continuing our performance assessments from the 2023 season that's next stick with us. Today's episode of locked on dolphins is sponsored by better help. Sometimes we all need the opportunity to get something off of our chest, big or small, certain things can really start to get to you. And it's important that you let that out, especially to someone who's unbiased on your life. So today I want to give you the opportunity to think about therapy. Therapy can be different for everyone. Most of us have bigger problems than our favorite sports team, even if it's the dolphins, and it's important to get things off your chest, so if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be flexible and suited to your schedule. Visit BetterHelp.com slash locked on to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash locked on. The NFL Conference Championship games are here. So this season is just about done, but there is still time to get in on the Ashworth Vandal America's number one sports book right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. It's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use. There's a ton of different ways that you can get in on the action live, live same game parlays. You can find bets in the explore tab. You can make a parlay in the parlay hub, which is the best way to find popular parlays and more. So visit fanduelcom slash locked on and make your first bet. A layup Fanduel official partner of the NFL. So, pillars of the defense. Um, Zach Seeler, Christian Wilkins this year were exactly that. Bradley Chubb, I think, deserves a ton of credit as well. He led this team in sacks with 11. but it's And he was tied for second on the team in quarterback hits with 22. Um, Bradley Chubb kind of comes in with... Very heavy expectations having been acquired at the trade deadline for a first-round pick. Plays in 16 games, uh, which ties a career high for him. He played in 16 games last year, but played hurt with Miami with an ankle sprain after coming over from the trade deadline. He played in 16 games as a rookie. Uh, so the third time in his six-year, five-year career, six-year career, excuse me, that he's played in in 16 games. And obviously, it's it, there's a long-term conversation about Um, the commitment and the investment that Miami has made in Bradley Chubb and his long-term health. Uh, Right now, we're just hoping that the ACL recovery for him and rehab process goes smoothly. But when he was on the field this year for 16 games, there's a firm case to be made that Bradley Chubb was your most consistent performer that played from September through uh, January. He obviously misses the playoff game against Kansas City, he misses the finale against Buffalo, he played most of the Baltimore game. He uh set career highs in a number of, of statistics. He did not set a career high in sacks, he set a career high in tackles. He set a career high in quarterback hits with 22, surpassed the previous high which came with 21 during his rookie season. He led the league in forced fumbles with 6. Uh there's some fumble luck there that there were a few more that he forced that uh, he potentially could have Uh, finished and and got even more turnovers. He finished the year with 836 snaps played for you defensively. Uh, That's about 80% of the games that he dressed this season. Uh, this, This Fangio scheme does require some dropping into space in your base fronts as an added zone defender. And Chubb did pretty well in that regard as well. He was targeted nine times on the season in zone coverage. And on those nine targets in, in coverage, he conceded 29 yards in completions. Um, so obviously this isn't a huge ball hawk or anything like that. I think the one thing with Bradley Chubb that stands out when you see him on film and you see some of the opportunities that he has and the plays that he influences, I was so used to last year having a conversation about Bradley Chubb and talking about pressures being valuable over sacks because their are impacted the play. But Bradley Chubb felt like he had a lot of pressures that could have been sacks if we finished plays more consistently. And I think that's evidenced by the fact that he had 15 missed tackles this season at a 17% average. And a lot of those came in the backfield on on potential splash play opportunities. So if I were were to provide constructive criticism for where I think Bradley Chubb, who I think was phenomenal this year in its totality becomes a even more impactful player. I think he sets a career high in sacks and I think he maybe um kind of takes it to a whole new level if he were to able to finish some of those missed opportunities in the backfield but he was very confident and comfortable in this scheme and he played like himself like the the f- top 5 pick that he was when he first came out of NC state that's the player you can expect to see when he's 100% when will he be 100% i i don't know well, that's a, that's a conversation for another day. But if you recap this season, one of the formulas for how Miami's defensive front delivers on all the expectations that they had and the pressure that they had, Bradley Chubb was a big part of that. Which takes us to Jalen Phillips, another player who um, was outstanding when he was available. Uh, unfortunately, he played in about half the games this season and it was a big loss for Miami. Now, I think you had Andrew Van Ginkle step up in a big way. We'll talk about him next. Uh, but Jalen Phillips, uh, th- this was supposed to be the year that this guy becomes a perennial double-digit sack guy. And I'll be darned if if he wouldn't have been it for sure. Uh, you, you look at the trends for Jalen Phillips. His rookie season, he had 8.5 sacks and 16 quarterback hits. And he did that in 600 snaps defensively. Year two, he has seven sacks and 25 quarterback hits. So his quarterback hits are way through the roof. He just doesn't quite have as many finished sack opportunities. Uh, And he does that on 840 snaps. So you take that and then you consider the fact that he played 367 snaps defensively this year. It's about 60% of what he did as a rookie and it's closer to a little under 50%, 45% of what he played last year in 2022. And in that small of a sample size, he had six and a half sacks and 11 quarterback hits. I mean, if you just doubled the snaps, you're talking 700, you're still 120 snaps short of what he did last season. And he'd have had 13 sacks and 22 quarterback hits. So, I think you feel really good about Jalen Phillips, the long term forecast here. And when he was out there, he was everything as advertised. There's no question. But we got off with a weird Friday practice injury that cost you the Patriots game. And then it cost you a couple other games. Uh, It cost you the second half of the Denver game. And then he doesn't play for two weeks. So you missed the Buffalo game and then you missed the the Giants game and then you're back against Carolina and you're really on a snap count and you play versus Philly and against Philly started this stretch of five straight games where Jalen Phillips had at least one sack. And then he goes down uh, for the year with the Achilles against the Jets in that fifth game where he logged his fifth consecutive game with a sack. Um. I'm so super excited for Jalen Phillips. That the, the injury timeline will obviously get a better picture of throughout the course of this off season. But don't let this be out of sight, out of mind. And the contrast here is pretty jarring. Jalen Phillips missed one; was credited with one missed tackle this season. Now, were there always the best angles in closing down, or did, maybe did we give up outside contain when we're closing in, playing off a of contact? Yeah, there were a few times where that happened for sure but he was in the zone and I can't wait to see what it looks like when he comes back, because when the dolphins have to, and this is kind of a big picture conversation that that runs in tandem with all these individual conversations, there's going to be a point in time where the dolphins are going to segue a big contract out. And Jalen Phillips is probably going to be one of the new big contracts for the new chapter of the organization. And when that happens, uh, it'll be really well deserved because he is a talent, is right up there, with all the best of them, and I'm really excited to see what that looks like. But that, that that's what 24 year old Jalen Phillips' season was about. Man, if we'd have been healthy, that'd have been the year where we'd have looked back and seen it. And I hope next year is the year where that does happen. Now we have Andrew Van Ginkle, uh, who came back to Miami on a one year deal, pretty economic deal. And he, as well, set a bunch of career highs. He sets a career high in sacks. Uh, six sacks beats the previous high of five and a half. He um, is right up there with his career highs in tackles for loss and quarterback hits. He had 19 quarterback hits this year. He had eight tackles for loss. Uh, he has a pick six touchdown against Washington. Eight passes defense. Obviously played a little bit more in coverage. That's a career high for him. So uh, this this became kind of a, a glue guy player for Miami. Plays 725 snaps for you defensively this year. And that was supposed to be your third guy. It was kind of an overlooked signing. Guys like Van Ginkle on a one-year and $2.5 million deal and guys like uh, Deshaun Elliott, who we'll talk about when we do the, the defensive back performance review. Uh, some of those economic contracts really stand out. Uh, I know we mentioned Kendall Lane when we did the offensive line review and the, the price point and the amount of snaps that you got, and the quality of snaps. Vanket goes right up there near the top of the list for most economic contracts on the team. You're probably not going to get that chance again next year. That's it. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens with obviously the, the scheme change departure, Vic Fangio leaving to go to Philadelphia. Incredible how quickly that came together for somebody who was under contract with, with another team. But um, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> uh, this this segment is giving flowers uh, to a group of guys who all deserved it. Just like Christian Wilkins and Zach Sealer, uh, this is a big love fest on the defensive line performance review because th- this was one of the best defensive fronts in football and their ability to consistently deliver on it. Uh, maybe not wire to wire because of who they lost throughout the course of the year, but um, well, the Jalen Phillips injury for a lot of teams would have been catastrophic. And the Dolphins' defense took it as relatively in stride as you possibly could because Andrew Van Ginkle was there uh, to catch that volume of snaps, obviously over 700. Now we have some other guys on the defensive front. Uh, we have got Emmanuel Agba, Raquan Davis, Deshaun Hand. We'll talk about those guys next here on this episode of Locked on Dolphins. The absolute best way to stay in the game when the dolphins aren't playing is to make sure you got a little skin in the game for yourself and that's so why I get checked out prize picks, largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They're the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS because it is you against the numbers instead of battling against thousands of other players, including pros and sharks. You pick more or less on 2 to 6 player stat projections in house. If you win, you watch your winnings roll in if you correctly get to 6 picks with your stat picks on a prize picks combo. It went up to 25 times your money. So, if you're a big fan of good ROI, Prize Picks has got you covered. There's quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of player and stat types, all that make Prize Picks the number one daily fancy sports app. So, go to prizepix.com locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match of up to $100. That is slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL. For a first deposit match of up to $100 prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. So the rest of this group is kind of where the wheels fall off a little bit. Uh, I reflect on Raquan Davis, who was a second-round draft selection for the Dolphins in 2020, and he comes in this year, and you were kind of hopeful. Uh, there's been some added weight to play nose tackle. There's been some weight cut to try to be a little bit more dynamic of a player. He's always routinely been around 45 to 50% of the defensive snaps played in all four of his seasons. Obviously the big scheme departure change. He still played 498 snaps. So he played meaningful snaps. And Raekwon finishes with a career high in quarterback hits. He more than doubled his previous total from his first three seasons in quarterback hits. Uh but you're just you you're looking for particularly at nose tackle a certain kind of consistency at the line of scrimmage and i think Raekwon has been left a little bit because of how his career has evolved he's been left a little bit in between or if you're going to be a nose tackle like be a rock right who's really hard to move and there's times with raquan davis because he's 6 foot 7 and anybody who's been a regular listener to the show in the offseason, i'm just you know continuing to say the same things over and over again. But when you're six foot seven, it's really difficult for you to consistently leverage against double teams and hold ground at the point of attack. And if you're not doing that, then there's a pretty good chance you're not consistently playing in the backfield. And because he is more of a true nose tackle, it's not like he has a first step like the other two guys, Sealer and Wilkins do. And he's three, four inches taller than those guys as well. So it kind of puts you in this weird limbo, and I think that's really well evidenced by Raquan Davis as a nose tackle who's primarily a run defender. His career high in tackles for losses two, and that came this year. There's just not enough plays or resetting on the other side of the line of scrimmage. Now there's plays where we're going to be in our tight fronts and we got our guards that are covered up by interior defensive linemen. We're going to leave Raquan Davis one-on-one with a 300-pound center. And Raquan can toss that dude around. But if you're going to be base nickel... 70% of the time, that's really mitigating the value. So the other 30% of the time, you sure, you're on the field, and then you can rotate 20% of your snaps as a, in, in the nickel defense, but the impact's just not the same. So as an expiring contract, if you told me that Raekwon Davis were to go somewhere else uh, and maybe they wanted to evolve him back into a true nose tackle and put some weight, more weight back on him to be a little bit more forceful at the point of attack, I wouldn't lose sleep over it to try to, to find a replacement there for Raquan Davis. I think he's a quality depth player in the NFL. Um, I do think if you're putting him through the the box of a nose tackle, you probably want a little bit more rigidity. If you're putting him through the box of an even front defensive player, you'd like a little bit more explosiveness. And I think this season, with the scheme change and some of the weight drop, Certainly seems like we've got a big enough body of work now that there's enough limbo that I think you could pick a different lane for probably a similar commitment to what Raekwon Davis will will command and on the open market and probably get a better version of either two of the two things that Raekwon Davis could be, but maybe necessarily isn't consistently. Which brings us to Emmanuel Agba. Uh, Emmanuel Agba certainly had productive pass rush uh, reps. I, I don't think that consistently was particularly high. Uh, I didn't think he necessarily played the run at, at, at the standard that we had come used to during his prior uh two seasons in Miami in 2020 and 2021, when he hurt, he earned that big contract extension. Um At the last two years combined, like we haven't played 600 snaps combined and we played 793 and 755 snaps those first two seasons in Miami. So different scheme change. Uh, Vic certainly was not a, uh, uh, an advocate for Agba as an edge player who was not playing without his hand in the dirt, and I, I'm inclined to agree with that. Um, but I think if you were to look at at Emmanuel Agba's season in its totality, I do think it does lie to you a little bit. Like the five and a half sacks is nice; it's it's a, a strong figure for this Dolphins team. It's what sixth on the team in sacks behind Chubb, Sealer, Wilkins, Phillips, Van Ginkel, guys we've all talked about. Agba's sixth on the team in sacks with five and a half. But uh, he had a 17% missed tackle rate. Uh, In addition to that, his pressures this season, he had 15 on those 250 snaps played. Um, His quarterback hits, he got to the quarterback nine times for for quarterback hits. He made three tackles for loss. This was a player when he was peaking in Miami, was making three times that many plays. Now you could say, well, if he played the full body of work, the volume would have been there. Sure. But I just you, you when you watched him play, I thought there was a noticeable drop in the athletic ability relative to your starting players, your top three players. I thought all three of them moved better. And this scheme prompts you to play a little bit more in space instead of being tight alignments and having somebody who's rushing outside you lined up to give you extra leverage outside. And I think when when you convert into there's a lot more wide line wide nine alignments in this defensive scheme. I thought that really amplified where I was a good fit in some ways, but maybe not necessarily in the ways that are most frequently called upon in this defense. And then Deshaun hand uh, would be the last name that I would call out here. That would give us nine guys in this conversation. And Deshaun hand was somebody who in the preseason, you were hopeful for a fourth interior defensive lineman to emerge. Um, because Brandon Peely's the guy who makes the initial 53 man roster. Hand you get a little bit of a look at in the preseason. You say, hey, well, you know, he's played meaningful snaps in it for a couple stops in like Detroit. He didn't necessarily get a ton of run with Tennessee last year, but oh well, he, I mean, he played 350 and 450 snaps in his first couple seasons on his rookie contract. Maybe there's something there. He ends up playing 198 snaps for the Dolphins this year. Um one tackle for loss, one sack, three quarterback hits. Uh, and the sack came against the Jets with that defensive front. So you ag- <laughs> acknowledge the uh, the issues that that offensive line faced. The tackle for loss also came in that game as well. Um, and Deshaun was somebody who uh, I think proved proved with the body of work that he had, especially relative to the talent of the, the guys at top on the depth chart. Um, that's a player I think you could probably find that level of production from in a lot of different places. And Thankfully, your, your primary two guys stayed healthy inside. Had they not stayed healthy, I think that would have created a whole different set of problems that we thankfully don't have to really consider because that didn't happen amidst all the things that did happen on an injury front. So your pillars are your pillars. Whether the Dolphins make the financial commitment to bring one of those pillars back, in Christian Wilkins, that's a conversation for another day whether or not the pillars uh, are healthy enough for the start of the season between Bradley Chubb and Jalen Phillips is a conversation for another day and will be an ongoing storyline throughout the course of the season. But I look at the the body of work from what you got with the guys and then including Jalen Phillips missing half the season and Andrew Van Ginkle's role in stepping up in front of that. And I got a lot of respect for the performance that these guys put out. I think they lived up to lofty expectations. I came into the year thinking this was one of the best defensive fronts in football. And the statistics of both the run and the pass rush specifically speak to that. Which isn't necessarily the case for other stops along the way on this roster. And we'll talk about those as we continue our performance review series. I'm Kyle Krabs. That is going to do it for me here on this episode of Locked on Dolphins. It is your team every day. Fins up. I appreciate you guys checking out the show.